Hello and welcome along to another edition of the Irish Rally Podcast, which of course is brought to you in association with FAC, the Simply Automatic Choice for Automation Equipment. And for more, of course, as always, you can visit nal.ie forward slash products. Okay, so over the last number of uh, weeks and months, and uh, I suppose, first of all, we, we apologize. We haven't been hectic with putting out episodes over the last six weeks or so, but uh, we are very busy in our own personal life at the moment. We have a couple of things going on. Um which I won't disclose here on the podcast, but uh, it wasn't for the want to try. And if we had time, we could be doing two or three days a week. But unfortunately, time is of the essence, as the fella said. So over the last number of weeks, we did put up a post on social media and we, I suppose, look to improve uh, communication and transparency between all parties of the rally community uh, in Ireland here, because I think it is fair to say that there was a certain level of discontent and a little bit of anger and frustration and basic lack of communication, um, and because of all that, it was a relatively toxic environment. Um, whether or not that has changed in the past couple of weeks, who knows? Um, rum- rumors have been circulating. Uh, it's not even a rumor, actually, let's be honest about the fact that uh, I think a meeting did take place in the past week. So we're hopeful that some sort of positive outcome might have come from that and that things will move forward progressively. But based on that, we did obviously uh, put out um, an open... Uh, forum i suppose for people to send in their questions which uh, they have done and plenty of them uh, both uh, you know on social media and indeed to uh, the irish early podcast email which is irish early podcast at gmail.com for anyone that does want to get in touch with us about anything now during the course of this program we cannot promise that we will get to all of those questions first of all just due to time and we do promise though that we will answer those questions to the best of our ability with the information that is available to us at the time of recording. Uh, based on that, um, the the person that we're getting to answer these questions is a guest who has featured a couple of times here on the podcast already. He was on the Rallies Commission in 2020. He has rallied for three, if not four decades, um, and has seen things from, I suppose, every aspect over that duration of time. Um, it is, of course, Mr. Anthony Nestor. Anthony, you're, you're very welcome on the podcast here once again. Um, Hello there. Great to have you on. You've uh, made a little investment on a headset, and the sound quality sounds a lot better. So, uh, yeah, we're grateful for that here on the podcast. I think you're being very kind by saying I invested it. It was to tell you the truth. You made me buy it. because um, <laughs> We may think, have forced it. Was, it, 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 it was either I got a headset or elocution lessons either way. The, <laughs> the, the, the world at large was having trouble. I actually feel very disappointed. You're saying I'm around for four decades. When I was younger... And we'd hear about people being around for decades. We thought they were ancient, so I feel really yeah, sure. old now. Well, you're only young, lecturer, of course. I do forget that, like. But, I, don't uh, feel, I don't feel it. <laughs> but once again, as we may have uh, put out there in previous podcasts, you made a career in rallying out giving people instructions, but uh, you weren't really um, absorbing towards mine over the last couple of weeks. But thankfully, at the eleventh hour, you did purchase yourself a headset there this morning. <laughs> <laughs> my, wife so, um, says, my wife reckons I'm a work in progress as regards to listening to instructions. I'm afraid I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm not a very good student when it comes to um, listing or taking orders. I'm good at giving them maybe. But... Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, come here. If, if we can help by giving out a bit of positive information, sure, how bad will it yeah. be? And, and I that's think it. There is, so much, there is so much, not so much negativity. There's negativity in every walk of life and there's look there's negative and positive but what i've noticed by social media in general someone may issue a comment or make a statement and everybody jumps on us and 
within 30 minutes it's fact all of a sudden and you know and in a lot of cases it's not the information is completely wrong and so maybe we'll address some of the things at least you know we like everybody in life we won't know have all the answers but certainly i will know some of them that will be able to maybe correct a few of the little errors that are out there on social media and the one thing just to put out there as well is and i didn't put it in your intro like you've you've run a rally i know you made the child of prague statement but you know all the nitty-gritty the the whatever goes on behind the scenes in terms of the financial side of it, budgets, et cetera, et cetera, you have the insight into that. So that's one thing I just probably should have put out there at the very start of this episode, that you are very well placed to answer these. But again, it's to the best of our ability with the information that we have available to us. I so, look, I'm not going to say everything we have is right or everything we have is perfect, but we'll be in relation to what is currently out there, we'll definitely be able to address a lot of the, the misconceptions people have as regards you know simple things you know you can see that probably with the questions come in some of them are, are very simple questions and yeah. you know if somebody asked me five years ago what was the motorsport council what was the imf or any of those type of i wouldn't have had a clue it's just that you know i i, I got curious and went away and just learned that and find out I, I was amazed that actually very few people actually know what they are and what their involvement is and how they're involved in the whole structure of the thing. So, yeah, it's um, it's interesting. I suppose it's away from the sport in general because it's nearly getting into the, the realm of politics. But, um, yeah, sure, look, it's another aspect to it, and it's interesting in its own right, I guess. Um, it's certainly not something that would appeal to be appeal to me to be stuck in all the time. But, um, yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting, and it's nice to, to know how it all goes on in the background. And, but anyway, sure, we'll see what the questions throw up, I guess. That's it, and we will blast on, but, but first of all, just to get an overview of why we're doing this, like, and I've mentioned it briefly in the intro, so for a very, very long time, there has been a bit of discontent among competitors. I won't say all competitors, because we can't speak for all competitors, but a very large number, I suppose, who may have had frustrations with different things um, that may have come from the, the governing body, and I think a lot of it is miscommunication. Uh, yeah. in some cases not not in all cases but certainly in some cases anyway and this has gone on i think just to give a bit of context for for quite some time but can you give me the exact time frame of when you feel this kind of toxic environment began and why it has escalated so badly i think the, the you're obviously there's different waves of it but the, the current wave of unrest really started um when motorsport ireland announced that the entry fees were going to rise and they give out um a couple of examples give or take a pound i i don't hold me to the money exactly but they were saying that look a national style event was going to be a thousand euro um i don't know was it a thousand and fifty or something like that and that was all fine um except that unfortunately it's one of the accolades heels of motorsport ireland they, they, it's not that they're bad at communicating unfortunately they're, they're unable to communicate which is un unfortunate um because if you read down into what they were doing they meant well their heart was in the right place but they got the message across like a steamroller like mm -hmm. um basically what what happened was the entry fees went up to a thousand euro and they insisted on clubs charging those prices 
but the explanation got lost in the headline. The explanation and and the theory behind the whole thing got lost because everyone grasped on to the headline. And the headline was, it's a thousand euros to do a rally. And the mileage, I think, was cut back a little bit as well. Can I just and jump people, across you for a second? Because absolutely. I feel this actually goes back longer. Because if you remember the, the trackers a number of years back, that did oh, cause the, a bit of hardship. So oh, this is not something that just happened the last few months. Like This has gone on a long, long time. Oh, if you want to really go back, this started to happen when, unfortunately, Motorsport Ireland headed to the Birmingham show. But, I, I you know, there's, there's, there's waves and waves of unrest all the time. But the okay. real... So the it's real, years going on, like... Oh, it's going on for years. But, unfortunately, the... the the straw that broke the camel's back to get all these clubs voting no confidence and so on and so forth and competitors group informed this all stemmed from the increase of the interface that seemed to be the straw that which we spoke about on this podcast probably what four months ago but like when you look at it just to give a small explanation on the the interface where where, um motorsport ireland as i said people grasped onto the headline and the headline hit social media and it gathered legs and momentum um and I don't know, I have an old saying that when you're explaining in life, you're losing. And because it wasn't communicated out correctly, it was a battle then to try and get people to understand it. But just to give a very quick explanation as to why the figures went up to a thousand euro. Um, normally last year, I think it was around 795 to do a Triton round, a national round. And I'll keep steep with the national rounds a minute um, just to make the comparisons. So the the, the regulations changed then obviously with COVID. So with COVID then, the clubs ended up with more expense. So that expense came in the way of COVID expenses, number one, which they allocated 3,000 euro to. And that would cover sanitizer all over the place. It covered portaloos that now had to have washing facilities in them, which seemingly cost about 1,800 euro. You know, and that was three grand was allowed for that. Then, because businesses were struggling, unless you were sponsored by a supermarket or a, a, of this world, most businesses were suffering. So if you looked at historically all the people that would sponsor rallying, they were people's businesses that were closed. So if you go through any rally program in the country, and I set this challenge for several people to go through any program and tick the businesses that you got ads from the previous year that were now closed. And it would be very, very unfair of a club to go knock on that man's door and his, his door is shut for 12 months or six months or whatever the case may be. So, like, you couldn't go to the local restaurant. The poor man was probably on his knees. You could have had 10 ads in your program from the local restaurant. So you couldn't go to get your sponsorship. So to give you an idea, MI, when they were coming up with the figures, and rightly so, I, I think they were on the money here, they were allowing for a five grand drop in sponsorship. That included all your stage sponsors, and all your main sponsors that was five grand but talking about the ads in the program a program to a rally now this will vary from county to county but and i don't want to name particular clubs because i i know the different monies the clubs make out of the program and it sounds great that they make money out of the program a program will net about 10 grand a profit if you're living in an industrial area where there's plenty of businesses you'll get about 10 grand a net profit out of your program. Now, it sounds great, you'll get it, but you'll see later on, I'll, I'll go through what it costs to run a rally. If you don't get 10 grand out of your program, you're in trouble. You you need it. Um, so if you add up, oh, and of course, 
with the insurance company and and to be fair i have no doubt they're battling hard to try and get the premium reduced it has come down over year the, the recent years despite some of the people's misgivings on facebook people are still claiming so how the hell we're getting anyone to insure us at all is beyond me like um i suppose when you look at it and this is just a, 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 my own thoughts on this when you look at what we're trying to insure now i i know there's a, a load of other disciplines beside rallying but give or take it's it's 900 to thousand to a million euro to insure rally rally we'll say rallying because that's 90 percent of the premium goes on that alone but we're we're insuring people 150 people on a sunday to race down a road as hard as they like as fast as they like and you've an insurance company there for a million euro you can go away and do it it's it, it's a real high risk issue like when you consider spectators and the public and the competitors and the risk that's ex the exposure to the insurance company but to mitigate against that risk then obviously motorsport ireland or the governor body had to be seen to be proactive in the whole thing and go to the insurance company and say look this is how we're trying to make it safer hoping in the long term they'll say look okay lads we'll give you five percent off it's no different uh you're going to insure your car and they ask you the questions, have you got a car alarm? That's great, you get 5% off. Have you got it locked up in the shed at night? Oh, great, that's another 5%. So what Motorsport Ireland did is they brought back the tracking. Now, it's a subject of debate. Was it discussed with the clubs? No, it wasn't. Did the clubs vote against it? Yes, they did. But Motorsport Ireland, they were competing a rock and a hard press. They're trying to please the insurance company to get the premium down to make it cheaper. But, you know, they had to spend the money on the tracking in the hope that so they're literally spending four and a half grand a day on the tracking in the hope that they'll save it down the road it, it's a balancing act so literally when you add all that up four and a half grand for tracking three grand for covid uh expenses and this is on a club now on on the day of the rally 10 grand for the program income which you're not allowed to print the program on the current covid guidelines from sport ireland and and the five grand the sponsorship they got so the running cost of a rally to a club went up 22,500. And if you've no sponsorship, you've only one income stream, and that's the competitor. So if you work off the basis of you've 100 vehicles or 100 cars in a rally, and I'm not working through juniors right now, I'm just doing 100 overall. So if you've 100 cars in a rally and you have a 22,500 grand increase in your budget, and they're the only income stream, well, 100 into 22,500 grand, is an increase in an entry fee of 225 euro and that's how it went from 800 to over a thousand but that was never explained and of course the other side is this was only brought in for 2021 now i know people will say we should want matter in 2022 but look we could have that argument all day but that is the reason the entry fees went up that was the the, the whole time the only error and i, I I'll say this with hand and heart. The reason Motorsport Ireland made it mandatory, and I still think it was a mistake, but it's only an opinion. They made it mandatory for clubs. And to be fair, I could see where they were coming from. I still didn't agree with it. And what their concept of was that, say for argument's sake, Kevin, in your county, you decide to run a rally. And I, 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 we here in Limerick, I decided to run a rally. Well, if the entry fees were set, we couldn't. You couldn't undercut me. But I don't think anybody would have undercut each other because they can't. 
they, they, they don't have the facility to give you a very very rough guideline and this was the argument they were trying to protect the clubs from putting each other out of business so that if kevin ran a rally with a thousand euro entry fee as was as was dictated to, or as was uh, that's probably too strong a word but i suppose it is true if you ran at a thousand and i decided ah i'll run at 500 they'll all go my rally and they won't do yours but there was never going to be that sort of a difference between two opposing clubs running supplying the same service at the same costs and to give you a guideline to run a rally 500 cheap if you were to run a rally with an entry fee 500 euro cheaper than i was you would need 50 grand of sponsorship for every 10 grand of sponsorship you could get you could you could reduce the entry fee by 100 euro that's a good rule of thumb to work off of so based on that you might get someone to get a sponsor and to get ads and if they you know they might get 10 grand in but instead of a thousand was 900 and that 100 euro wasn't going to make one blind bit of difference so that's why i would have said they should have let the clubs after their own devices which to be fair when it was addressed back to them they changed and it is now up to the clubs to go to do that's in the devices. last week or two in the last week yeah that's my understanding for the meeting last um uh, last week with them and it is back to their own devices but i wouldn't like any competitors or anybody out there thinking that you know all their prayers have been answered the clubs can now run their own interface the cost didn't change that uh, the 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 all the the 22 and a half grand is still there maybe not all of it the COVID now maybe it's not as relevant and it's we're at the back side of the COVID thing that's reduced maybe somewhat slightly now your expenses um but the overall cost is here but we we can go through the costs as i said yeah and i know it's one of the questions that we got sent in um it was it was what does it actually cost to run a rally would, would you want to do you want me to i have a, I have a, a screen there do you want to do a brief people are just going to get a be very sure surprised yeah, why not this is this is um a spreadsheet that i designed up there well i can't say i designed it now i actually got it from a friend of mine in the club here and we modified it now, anyone that has seen the Motorsport Ireland one, you'll see it as, um, let's just say they're very similar. I think my one grew a pair of legs and made its way around the country. But I'll open this. Um, no, I'm as technically advanced. They're grand. I'll tell you, it's a, it's a bit of a challenge. I uh, had to learn it myself, and I'm still not a proficient in it, as the fella said. So, Well, I'm just, I, I was a word as posh as proficient. I'll just say useless for me. So I'll click this. <laughs> and it says allow right now can you can okay so you may see a quote in the video there folks that's just because anthony had trouble <laughs> sharing the screen so uh what has happened here is i'm actually just sharing it from my end um and that's why you would have seen the quote there in the episode just to be fully transparent and to communicate um so just with the regards to the listeners then they will understand what's going on so just to talk about what we're displaying it is the, the cost of running a rally based on the question that was sent into us so, Anthony, if uh, you want to take it away there, obviously, you know, we have the, the Core 20 rally coming up and uh, you were talking to someone involved in that and uh, take it away. Right. Well, I was talking to uh, the COC for Cork and I just literally, I, I, I did this up just this morning. If I was put in the position to do up a budget for their event using the template that we came up with here a couple of years ago. So I've literally... You know, and I'll go through it really, really briefly. And what we can do, we can leave it on and people can print it off themselves and study it themselves um, because it'll just take too long to go through it. But it's under a couple of different headings. So you've Motorsport Ireland costs. 
you know, all your amounts for cars, your insurance. Uh, one one item to note of it, and as I said, we'll just go through briefly, the public liability, the famous expensive public liability, nearly 17,000 euros, 16,900. Uh, scrolling down along, you have your general event cost, you have your closing with county councils, uh, you have accommodation, you have meals, you have security, uh, and that type of stuff. And then down along, then all the printing and, and well, it says program, but obviously there's no program at the moment. But your printing costs, your road books, time cards, safety plans, um, your door panels normally coming in there at about a thousand euro. Um, and, and, and you have to employ people to lay them out and you have to employ people to do the maps. Uh, items you have to hire, hire costs, uh, toilets, timing systems portaloos well that's tireless your dustbins uh your results system that we all take for granted on the phone has to be paid for and uh, the, the tracking system which of course is in this year and the radio communication that runs the rally and then of course the, the medical and the rescue and the things uh you can see there we need seven ambulances if we were to do the cop 20 as i said i i've based this model on their event it's not for their event it's just for the purposes of this show um but it's because it was the next rally up, I thought it was, you know, to give people an idea before they go to the rally what the club has out, had to outlay to do this. Um, so your, your ambulances, you need seven of them. You need three doctors and you need a chief medical officer. You need three rescue trucks for the three stages. Um, and then uh, officials' expenses, that's the, that's the officials in the... Um, in the in, involved in the event. So the COC... Uh, um, in there at 1200 euro because he could be six months. It wouldn't pay him to do it at 1200 euro. In fact, it wouldn't even cover him. I know my bill was over two grand originally when I did my first forestry and, and most of it on fuel. Scrutineers in case they needed a few bob for anything. And if there was a couple of bottles of sanitizers, I just struck in 100 quid. Agri contractor, that's for the putting out and bringing back and transportation of ales. And I stuck in 1000 euro. But to cut a long story short, you see your total is 97,275 euro. So give or take a bob. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's a budget where you would start. That's what it costs to run. And I'll use, I, you know, I hope they don't mind. That's the kind of money that people like in the car 20, you know, that's the kind of money they're going to expend to run their rally. And I don't know whether people realize that. But if you go over to the top of the next column, then on the right hand side, no, 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 not that column. You've changed events. No, that one, and scroll up to the top of the column. So now you see there, remember, that was our expenditure is 97,000. So remember, we've no program, we've no sponsors. I No, I'm sure they, they have, and people will get sponsors, but this was the original MI model. With all the businesses in a bit of bother, there was likely that we couldn't. So um, when I say we couldn't, I... I, I when I say I couldn't, I should say, for the purpose of the budget. So your income, anyway, your income is only one. There's only one stream of income, and that's the entry fee. So um, the entry fee advertised uh, by the lads in Cork is 895 for the main rally, and the junior 725. Of course, the juniors, in this case, are getting the whole event. Now, again, we're this budget is made up of 100 cars. So I put in for 90 mainfield and 700, or 90 mainfield and 10 juniors. So if you get 90 mainfield, it'll bring you in 80 grand. And you get 10 juniors, just over seven grand. So if you go down to the bottom of the sheet, that brings you in a total of 87,000. But remember, you've spent 97. Mm -hmm. So that budget model shows them a loss of nine and a half grand. So that okay. tells you 
that at those entry fees, that thing can't wash its own face. So now you see where the program being missing fiddles that gap. That's yeah. what would normally happen. That 10 grand now would be filled by the program, stage sponsors, the lad taking the ad out for the 50 quid, they fill that gap. And that's the risk exposure. I shouldn't say cork, but I suppose that's what I based it on, but it's only, as I said, for my use. But that's the, let's go word it a better way. That's the potential exposure that club or any other club is exposed to for to run a rally. Right. That's what it costs. And at the entry fee, yes, it's expensive and so on and so forth, but it still doesn't pay the bills. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I just thought, it's a, it's a, as I said, it'd be great if people could, they're welcome to go through that. And I'm, I have no doubt that the local man might give the recovery trucks free and you might save, what do we have, four or 500 euro? That'd be great. And you might get the dustbins for free as uh, we get them sponsored here in Limerick um, by Mr. Binman. And I, don't know, I suppose we shouldn't be caught in one, giving one man a plug, I guess. But um, And you, everyone can do their own deal. But if you were laying out a budget, that's that's the exposure. And the MI costs would be accurate on it, the costs of the general living costs. And it's a case of, you know, what can you get someone, uh, the medical costs are set as well. There's only very few items. The higher cost, you might get them a bit sponsored. The program costs are pretty accurate, if not totally accurate. Um, in a lot of cases, um, and you, we've all heard all the, I suppose it's it's said in a derogatory term, where the gravy train of all the officials running through the stages. I actually done an exercise this morning because I, I knew it from our side, say from Limerick side, but I didn't know it from neighboring clubs. So I rang some COCs and neighboring clubs this morning. So we've all heard the old stories. Ah, should the boys are on the expenses and they're on the gravy train? And Jesus, I often wanted to get on the gravy train myself. It seemed a very lucrative place to be. But I, I know certainly in my trials at trying to run a rally, I never got anybody claim off me. So I was curious as to know, Jesus, you know, is there, do people claim on this? So I rang two clubs uh, this morning, two COCs, and one of them said to me, he hasn't had a claim for an official in over five years, and that's the amount of time he's been doing. He can't ever remember getting one. And I rang another COC, and he told me he's never got one, ever. But the officials that run ahead of the rally, to be fair, if the, the, what they're entitled to is actually in the Green Book. I'm not sure of the appendix, but it's based on... Uh, I think it's based on the, the, the civil servants' rates or a portion of it uh, and their travel expense, which are okayed by government. But it's very little. It's I think it's 23 cent a kilometre. They'd probably waste more they'd waste more money applying for it than they would by the time they get it. It's it's you know, you could fill a heap of paperwork out and get fifty quid back. Like it's not, you know, and they don't do it that I'm aware of. As I said, I just checked out with three clubs. So I suppose you could dispel that meet all these boys out there when you see them go through with their nice clean shirts and their nice vehicles and cars. Number one, they're their own cars. And number two, they're not claiming. They're there free and they're not charging anyone. They're there and they're paying for themselves. And I mean like they're paying for their fuel and their time. And yes, they're being put up. But geez, you have to put a man up. Like, you, you can't expect him to drive for a couple of hours and sleep in the car. And um, but yeah, they're put up. But I, I, that, that this idea of there being a claim culture and all the boys on the 
on the on the on the expenses. That's uh, that's um right. So that's that expelled. That's um, that expelled. I think. So let's let's get on to these uh, questions then. Look, we've we've answered one about the cost of running a rally, but uh, so the first one: what is the mid to long term plan ahead for the sport? Well, I suppose the only one that answers is MI. I, I don't know, maybe some of the people that asked the questions would have thought MI was going to be here answering them. So yeah. I'm sorry. I'm can, sorry. I, can I just put sorry. something out there actually very, very straight before uh, before anyone asks any further? Uh, which one of these flare-ups that kind of led to us having this discussion, if you remember correctly, uh, Corp Motor Club did look to run a rally probably, I don't know, maybe two months ago now. Um, yes. And there was a press release there uh, outlining... A certain few things in regards to that because they wanted to run it maybe at fees that were cheaper than what yeah. was outlined at the time yes basically long story short both Cork motor club and motorsport ireland uh, were contacted in regards to coming on to discuss that and both yes. did the climb so i do i have to put that on record okay um, so there we go but yeah look yeah I, I take your point on that one maybe you're not the best person well, to answer fair, that I, one, so. I, I, well look come here i'll give you my own opinion on it i i'm not going to get into the the cock motorsport mi situation and the press release and so on and so forth insofar as to say there is up to now there is no non-gated events allowed in this country sport island just won't entertain us the very okay. first gated event that's allowed run in the republic of ireland is the cock 20. okay and that runs in a couple of weeks time the mid to long term thing going forward, we should there's only one way to go forward. We we've no other way to go. Like, you know, you can have all the debates and arguments, and some of them are very legitimate arguments, but look, we have to get up and running. So um, the next one, Anthony, I'll I'll move on quickly because we just want to keep yeah. it, uh, you know, in a relative time sense, as the fella said, because otherwise we'll have lads driving to Donegal to listen to the whole lot of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> are the are the fees that Motorsport Ireland, uh set out just for 2021 so i think when this question was asked the goalposts have changed a little bit on that but i'll let you answer yeah. this anyway yeah i think we've addressed this maybe slightly earlier in the thing there the the fees were made out mandatory originally when mm -hmm. we say the fees we, we, we i'm assuming this person is referring to the entry fees um so the entry fees are now set by the clubs it it was initially um said that they were by motorsport ireland but we've already gone into why they did that you know, their intention was good not to have the clubs competing against each other. But the entry fee model that MI put out originally, it has been tweaked, I'm told, slightly. But it's now only a recommendation to clubs. They are quite within their right to do whatever they like with them. But remember, as I said, it comes with a health warning. They don't have much scope to move with them anyway. Because, as I said, people can go through the cost there themselves. They'll see. So why can't the motor clubs run events as efficiently and as cheaply as the rsa okay um rsa great organization i've even done one of the rally sprints great day out um the only thing you will notice from the rally sport association as they're called is that they don't they're not involved in rallying and of course the fact that they're not in rallying they don't have the insurance exposure so if mi uh, was to run a similar type of system where they ran no rallying and ran just that style of event. Remember, if your insurance is 900,000 or a million euro a year, you'd probably insure every single rally sprint for a hundred grand. 
it's the 800,000 is cause of the rally. And so if, if you were in, it's it's like comparing apples with oranges. They only, their insurance premium is probably one ninth or one eighth of what MI's one is. And yes, um, you'll probably find, and I could get shot for saying this, you might find that in, 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 in Motorsport Ireland, and I can't say this for certain because I don't know, but I would suspect the rally sprint in in ireland could be 50 quid more on the entry fee because you'll probably find all the disciplines in a tiny way are probably subsidizing the rallying because it is so expensive um um because the rallying the insurance cost on the rallying is just so so heavy but of course remember the insurance companies only insure the sport it's up to the governing body to split it up between all the disciplines so they have split it up as fair as they can see see how so that's to, to give a short answer to that. Um, you know, I suppose to remember the governing body has different protocols to follow. Um, and MI could run rally sprints as cheap, if not cheaper than the RSA, if they didn't have to ensure rallying. It's rallying is the big expense. And, and if that wasn't there, it would ensure the other stuff for a very small premium. The rallying yeah. is with the risk and the, all the claims coming in are with the rallying. So next question, do competitors and the wider rally community understand that the various MI commissions and councils are made up of over 160 various positions, but only approximately 40 of those are democratically elected by the clubs? The council, which is the highest level, uh, there's a, a kind of a typo here, uh, within sport, I think is what it says, uh, currently has 18 positions and only three are elected by the clubs. All others are appointed by one person. The president so that's near enough a kind of there's a bit of a true or false aspect to that question yeah. okay um, well i suppose to be fair the the contributor is right um it would be one of the reasons that i would have had agreed uh a, with the the a vote in our confidence that was taken by our own club certainly i believe the system of governance needs rejigging it's it, it's not fit for the 21st century in my opinion no um they're right in saying that there's 18 positions in the council. They're, that person is right by saying there's only three elected. I, I think that's wrong myself. Um, it's not the most proactive way. I think once you have a position where there's so many appointments as opposed to elected people, there's always going to be um, unrest. And, you know, that's a lot of the unrest as well. And that's what a, a lot of the clubs, I think there was 11, voted no confidence in the governing body but it was all around that governance structure and you could knock a you could knock a podcast out of that in its own but that contributor is right yeah of 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 all the now he, he mentions there that there's 160 positions and only 40 are democratically elected i i actually don't know that but i know it's a very very small amount i didn't even think it was 40 if i was asked to guess i would have said it was less but yeah the most of the people in motorsport ireland are all appointed they're not. Um, they're, I think they're not elected by the clubs. I think the next one you might have kind of answered. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, currently the fees that MI charge clubs for insurance and permit fees are listed in Appendix 130 of the yearbook. However, the clubs have no idea how much of the return they submit to MI goes towards insurance and how much goes towards running of MI. So, um, right. Um, what I suppose we to touched wait? on that. Where, where where they're coming from are there it's it's a kind of an it this is a historic bugbear and 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 i let people go study this themselves because you could talk all day about it and we won't get an answer 
if you look at the budget spreadsheet, as I said, which we leave for everybody to watch after, it says up at the top of it, 440 euro for a car. And that covers permit fees, competitive person accident, IRDS, and other. Now, as we said, I only estimate, I, I'd estimate that other is probably overheads. There's a couple of salaries to be paid. I'm sure there's rent rates, ESBs, and bits and pieces. But I don't know. Is okay. the answer. I actually don't really know. And I don't think anybody will give an answer to that. Uh, you will see a lot of clubs um, and, and a lot of organizations are looking to see MI accounts and looking to see where effectively the money that the clubs are giving MI, where it's going. That's focused in on that. And that's what that's all about. And that's a can of worms, I think, for another day. It's um, I'm certainly not getting into it today because I can't answer it. Okay. I, I don't know where the money goes. I can only suspect it's on overheads. There'll be many a theory out there as to what that quantity of money is and so on and so forth. So, but yeah. Right. So next up, Anthony, then, is if MI are a transparent organization, then why do they refuse to let the clubs view their detailed accounts while insisting that clubs submit their accounts to MI for review as part of the affiliation agreement? Say that question again to me. If MI are a transparent organization, then why do they refuse to let the clubs view their detailed accounts while insisting that clubs submit their accounts to MI for review as part of the affiliation agreement? Right. Well, I suppose, yeah. Why, why do they refuse to let clubs view the detailed accounts? I don't know why they don't. I, they, I would suspect that... Is that true, by the way? Can you can you confirm it, it, whether it that is, is actually yeah, true? That, that is right. true. Yeah, it is true. You cannot see, you're not allowed see the accounts of, which is the IMF. That's the, the company controlling the whole operation. It's a company called the Irish Motorsport Federation. It's a limited company, a private company. Uh, it's a privately owned company. It has a, a board of directors and it has one shareholder, that shareholder being the RIAC. Uh, actually, the IMF, this controlling company, is a, is a totally owned subsidiary, subsidiary, I should say, of the RIAC. And they, the board of directors have voted that no one gets to see their accounts. And sure. Yeah. And that, of course, goes back to the question we, we spoke about it just uh, in the previous question um, about the other and where that is that, you know, that is a, is a debate for another day, but that, that is correct to say you're not allowed and they are right to say that as to, to be part of the organization, you, you submit your accounts. Um, right. Yeah. So uh, next one. Autocross are giving competitors three runs in a day for €120. Euro. Uh, so the costs just don't cut it. Question yeah, I, yeah I, I was kind of confused um, by that. And... I do know a couple of things, right? I'm not sure where the question is in it that it doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut it in relation to what? I just give you an example, right? And I just know of two autocross, obviously, in our local area. One is the Clare one, which runs in a couple of weeks, and Limerick, because it's my next door neighbor, uh, runs us, Eamon Barris. And I go up and help Eamon, and I just will be familiar with this. But I do know in Limerick, on a bad day, they'd get five runs. I know they've got, on one occasion, seven runs in the day. Um, three runs. Well, I suppose the runs, the amount of runs you get is immaterial. It depends, you know, if you've got three runs of three kilometers each, 
as opposed to five runs of one kilometer. You know what I mean? It depends on the length of the run, I guess, for your 120 euro. To give a, a, a guideline on that, um, the Clare one runs up in, in Ballycumber there in Offaly. And I know their thing is they have three runs, which your 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 questioner has asked. That is what they do. They do a, a, fam, a familiarization run and they do three time runs. But each time run is three laps. And like you're probably talking three kilometers, which is like a small forestry stage. You say if you go to Northern Ireland, you will get a forestry stage of three kilometers. Um, so you're probably talking three kilometer runs. And they're charging 125 quid, and I think it was 115 euro pre-COVID. So, I suppose look, if the person says three runs don't cut it, 120 quid. And look, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I, I would, I would focus on the advice I give that person. I would focus on the length of the run, and obviously, the more cars that are there, the less runs you can have, because the day runs is the same insurance you pay whether you've. 10 runs or 20 runs or two runs it makes no difference so if you've only 40 cars well you're going to get more runs if you've 70 cars well you're going to get less runs so that's the best like advice i could give you there inter event with less runs but i think around the 115 120 quid is is kind of the go of it um but as i said i've seen limerick do seven runs in the past and they'd always do five Okay, and their so. run is about a kilometer. I think it's about two kilometers in the total run. So it's it's down to the not so much the amount of runs, but the length of them. I don't know how okay. many are you getting? So next question: uh, Clubs previously met with MI once per month at CSE, which was the main channel for discussing important items and future rule changes. CSE was disbanded by the president at the beginning of 2020 without a substitute. MI claim the clubs must communicate with the competitors, yet MI dissolved their own mechanism for communicating with the clubs 19 months ago. Clubs are operating against a wall of silence. What is the logic behind such blatant disengagement by MI? Right, that's a big mouthful. Um, right, a lot of that has been addressed. Again, that's. Can you confirm the authenticity of that first? That historically would have been correct. Yeah, the 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 CAC was disbanded. That that what you're reading is correct, and it was disbanded by the president. That is correct. Give the full uh, term for the CSE as well, just for competitors. Advi competitors advisory committee it was where the competitors would go. Um, I can see it from both sides. It's it's a hard one to work out. Um, but I can see it. I may not necessarily agree with. I think, and I, I, you know, until you get the man here himself, but from listening to, cor to, to, to the correspondence and he has issued over the time, the sitting president at the moment, his idea was there was people going to these CSE meetings that didn't have the authority to make any decisions. So when they were asked a question, they couldn't answer it. And they were having to go back to the clubs and it, it was another month gone by before they came back with an answer. So I think what he was trying to do was streamline it that if he asked a question on the night or he looked for support on the night, that he got it or didn't get it as the case may be, that that person attending had the authority from within their club so they started going down the road of then, uh, which they still do, um, when they're meeting with people, they're meeting with the club chairman plus a member of the board of directors who are charged with the job. 
Now, to be fair, I think that's probably a little unfair. I think they should, the club should be entitled to appoint somebody. The clubs are limited companies in their own right. The club should be entitled to appoint a person themselves and give that person the authority to make the decisions on their behalf if they so wish. You'll find in a lot of cases that the board of directors may not be um, comfortable or familiar with the settings of meetings and getting into making decisions and they may like to get in a person to make the decisions that might be more in tune with you know what the needs of the club are whereas they might be happy to direct the company in its financial aspects but again it's just my own thought but that has been addressed in the main with this meeting recently is is my understanding um there is a new competitors committee uh, been set up, but the clubs are and uh, will be, will announce that in their own time to their members, uh, where the clubs will nominate. Um, they will nominate um, uh, a, a member of their club who is an actual current rally competitor. There is a criteria that you have to have X amount of instant to get on that. Uh, that will be chaired by a, a, a very um, prominent and reputable um, competitor that's currently active. Um, I don't think anyone will disagree with that. And the other thing they set up is um, they set up, a, 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 similar to, I think, the GAA operating system, a convention. So Motorsport Ireland will set up a convention where all the clubs will go into a room. Now, you probably won't see the first one until next year, uh, say to once a year, and they'll just trash out all the things going forward for the following year. So, you know, let's see how all that works i guess in the short term that's what they have uh, 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 promised as i said is my understanding and they will um let's see how all that works next year and let's okay. just see how it works i suppose hello and welcome along to part two of our episode here with uh, mr anthony nestor where if you had watched part one we were addressing i suppose some of the the issues and unrest um surrounding irish rallying over, I suppose, indeed, the last couple of months as well, as possibly over the last couple of years. Um, we did get through a first, uh, a good bit in the first part, I should say. Um, and as we've illustrated already, even though we are doing it in two parts, we still may not get to all those questions, such was the volume of questions that came in. Um, so we do apologize if we don't get to your question, but we are doing our best to get to as many of these as we can here on the podcast, of course, which is brought to you in association with FAC. And for more, you can check out nel.ie forward slash products. Anthony, let's get back into this straight away. So look, as we said, we did cover a nice bit of ground in uh, the first part. And some of those questions were quite challenging. Um, a so bit. yeah, a little bit, but I felt you caught admirably, but I'm going to say that obviously anyway. Uh, but no, you did in all seriousness. So let's crack on then. Uh, the next one up, um, just as we get our list brought up to us here in front of us. So... Okay, is there any value in starting a new organization run by competitors for competitors uh, or is the situation with MI salvageable? Is the MI thing salvageable? Yeah, sure, everything is salvageable. Um, you know, uh, there's countries go to war all over the world and they find peace eventually. Um, starting a new organization Again, it is only my opinion, I would say no. Um, it's grand to have, I suppose, an aspiration or a pipe dream to say a competitor or an organization ran by competitors for competitors. But I would worry that if when you went looking for those competitors to run, 
this organization, you might fall a little bit short. Um, you probably find even at a lot of rallies, you know, they're really trying to promote competitors to go marshalling. And that's, you know, can be somewhat of a struggle at the best of times. So to take that to the next level and run a governing body, I would say highly unlikely. Right. So and I'm just going to add this in while we're on the topic of it. So there is a new organization for competitors. What's your thoughts on that? And do you think there'll be inroads made by that organization? <clears throat> Um, what's my thoughts on it? Look, everybody that can bring something positive to the table, that's good. It doesn't matter. Um, their chairman is a very reputable man. Um, he has been around um, the sport for many, many decades. Donna Kelly? No, uh, Luke McCarthy, Corkman. Okay. Is Donna Kelly involved here somewhere as well? Well, no, of course, I see where we're going with this. There's two separate organizations. You have a, a Rally Competitors Association, which is uh, chaired by Donna Kelly, or chaired by um, uh, Luke McCarthy. I'm even getting mixed up now. And then you have another one, uh, which is uh, uh, the uh, uh, basically, let's call it an MI brainchild that the president, uh, John Naylor, announced the clubs last week. And that is... It hasn't been started up quite yet, but that will have done a Kelly as its chair. So all of these things are good. Um, the MI one um, will literally all the clubs by I think it's the 13th of September. If 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 my information is right, all clubs will be able to nominate a competitor, but it has to be a current one, and there is a restriction. I think it's just three rallies over three years, but don't hold me on that now. Get the information from your club. They will nominate you. You sit on the on the committee, and uh, Donna Kelly is its chair. And uh, Donna has a direct line straight to the president. There's no committees. There's no. It's straight up uh, with any concerns. And then you have the other competitor association with Luke McCarthy that have you know seven or eight hundred people who have expressed an interest in it, and uh, they can only bring book good as well. So you know. The more so just, people that talk and the more information that's shared, the better. Um, I'm just going to put this out here on record. So uh, the Irish Rally Competitors Facebook page has yes. 2,597 people following it. So just for clarity, who is chairing that? That is the one chaired by Luke McCarthy. Apologies, okay. I said 700. So I, it's been well. Um, it has been well. Um, and this is at the time of recording. So, all right. Yeah. Okay. So it is yeah. gaining momentum. And it's all good. Um I suppose the worry I have for an association like that, I was involved with one historically, and what I find about associations is like that. Um, once the current items on their agenda that keeps everybody occupied and keeps them current, they struggle, associations like that struggle to keep going in quieter times when someone has to sit down and do the paperwork and do any correspondence to MI or basically to keep the club or association going in quieter times. It's only when there's unrest or issues concerning people, everybody is on board, but it tends to dwindle somewhat. So, so you, you speak this because you were on a similar organization, which I think did have affiliate, maybe not affiliation with MI, but was officially recognized. Yeah, we were MI. recognized up to 2014. I think it was 2014 or 2015. And so give us the name of that. Sorry, I jumped across. That was the older one. It was, it was started. It was originally called, well, it was always called the Irish Rally Competitors Association. 
and uh, it started back, I think, around the time they were trying to ban racing fuel, but this has gone back, could be 25 years ago. Um, and Bertie Fisher, the Lord of Mercy, was the previous treasurer, and and Brian Patterson, um, uh, who has gone from us as well, was on us. Kieran McAnallen was on it. There was a, a and, and I was actually part of the original one, and then um, uh, just Kieran actually passed over the the treasurership to me probably twenty years ago now. But we found that you know when things when there was lots of controversy and lots of problems we were busy but once it died down we found it hard to get even people to come to a meeting um and we did a lot of campaigns and that over the country and then we just left it die we just run a marshals day every year to keep a few bob coming into the kitty just to pay for admin charges and that but um yeah i found it had it, it had its time and it served a purpose in its time so maybe it just with a different generation of people or a different view with this newer one they might go further than i think so um would, which would you the best like would you have in in that time with the other organization have faced the current challenges that competitors do face in Irish rallying is it is it fair oh, to yeah. put that across yeah you are because like, this seems what, seriously uh it seems like serious unrest obviously would that have been the case going back in time or was there ever a situation like this so just to put balance to it to see are the guys that are setting up this organization like they, they obviously feel that things are at breaking point like a lot of people would that have been the case going back in time and if so how did that get resolved i suppose but i suppose you know say was it ever as bad as it is now and the answer is no but you see people are a lot more informed now we didn't have the social media aspect of it um and information is now instant and it's like when Motorsport Ireland put out the budgets, you know, the important pieces of the budgets got lost in the translation on social media because people forgot to mention it was only for 2021. And we discussed the last day, you know, why if we, the, the, the clubs had an additional cost of over 22,000, but that all got lost in the translation. And that was all out all over social media, everybody before the club secretaries even got to open it. So at least in our time, at least the club secretary got it and they got to give it out to the club members. Um, but yeah, let's sure, look, let's never knock it. Let's let it run. And, and um, as I said, all those associations, once people are talking, engaging with other people, it can only be a good thing. Okay. Look, so let's see. Let's see indeed. Right. So um, we'll grab a few more. We do have a good few to go through, as uh, as we're saying. We may not, may not get to all of them. To, I'm, I'm bound to come to one that will get me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's here's one for you. Why were the 2020 Rallies Commission totally ignored by the council when they advised against the running of rally events in 2020, particularly when areas where the events were to be held escalated to level three plus uh, restrictions at that time so it's a good question to ask because you were on that commission in 2020 i believe well i suppose the first thing is when you join any of these commissions you're bound by a confidentiality clause and love it or load it i have to be careful what i say um because you're you're you sign up to that confidentiality thing for life um so I can give you an opinion, I guess. Um, why were the rallies commission totally ignored? I don't know. 
not giving you a short answer. Do you feel they were ignored? Do I feel they were ignored? Well, I guess the way I'd come about that one is, well, it was continuing on without them. It would have continued on without them. Um, as I said, I apologies now. It's the first time I'm being a bit careful with what I say. Um, yeah. So I suppose, yeah, you could you could consider that being ignored. Right. That the advice was given, but it made no difference. Okay. Right. Okay. We'll move on to the next one. And uh, where are we? Do, do, do. Okay. Yeah. So the 11 clubs who have expressed no confidence in MI last May, why have they received no proper reply from either the council or the IMF? even after all these clubs attended meetings at the request of the IMF on June 12th. And there's actually another question here, which I'll double in with this, because a lot of people don't know. What is the IMF, firstly? And then we'll move you on to that next question, which uh, obviously just repeated was the 11 clubs who have expressed no confidence in MI last May. Why have they received no proper reply from either the council or the IMF, even after all these clubs <clears throat> attended meetings at the request of the IMF? on june 12th so yeah firstly what is the imf sure. okay the imf and and someone can correct my terminology here the imf stands for the irish motorsport federation limited um it is a totally owned subsidiary i suppose is the best word of the royal irish automobile club and is i refer to it as the engine that runs the whole operation that's the that's the limited company that controlled the finances and so on and so forth. And they in turn task Motorsport Ireland with doing the work on the ground. I think I have that pretty much right as regards to doing the work on the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I'll stick to that explanation of the IMF. The IMF then, of course, has, um, because it's a totally owned subsidiary of RIAC, it only has one shareholder, which is the RIAC, and it has its own board of directors. So that's what the IMF is. Your other question, um, why the 11 clubs? Well, I suppose to, first of all, I'm not here representing a club, so I can't tell you why the, the, um, why the clubs re didn't receive a proper um, reply from the IMF. It was the IMF they actually sat down with, not the council. Um, they... They were promised a meeting with, as they felt, uh, they were promised to meet and say, with the IMF. That was the understanding. You know, I'm only giving you this third hand from or second hand from a club. They were promised a meeting with the IMF, which is basically the, 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 the top brass, let's call them for a second. That meeting didn't take place, but then there was a subsequent correspondence sent out to the clubs where the chairperson of the IMF said that the president would deal with it and deal with any outstanding aspects of their meeting at the meeting that was held last Saturday. I know that's a long-winded mouthful now to get around that, but it was passed from the IMF to Motorsport Ireland to deal with because it was obviously a motorsport-related matter. So, But to go back to ask this top of the question, why did the IMF not 
correspond back directly with the clubs? I have no idea. Hmm. Okay. So we'll move on to um, another one here. Uh, and it's a, it's a pretty good one, actually. They're they sounding very basic questions, but there are a lot of um, questions that a lot of people wouldn't know the answers to. So who actually runs motorsport in the Republic of Ireland? And obviously there's going to be smart arses out here who will assume there's an obvious answer to this. But it's not quite as straightforward as it seems. So I'll get you to, to uh, explain that one if you can. Who runs motorsport in the Republic of Ireland? Okay. Just as I was mentioning there, so you have the top tier, which is the RAAC. They own it. And they, at my understanding is they also own the license from the FIA. I have to think for a second there because I often mix them up with the FAI. So they hold the license from the FAI. I know, or FIA. And uh, so the RAC hold the license and the IMF, which we just discussed, they are the limited company to control it all. And then they hand it over to Motorsport Ireland to do the day-to-day running. Then at the top end of Motorsport Ireland, you have um, a group of 18 people, I think, uh, which is the Motorsport Ireland Council. And they effectively run Motorsport in Ireland. So, as I said, MI are charged, uh, say, with the day-to-day running of it, but they do it through the MI Motorsport Ireland Council. And under the Motorsport Ireland Council, then you've race commissions and rally commissions, and there's loads and loads of different karting commissions, probably. There's loads of different commissions, but they are just advisory. The people that control it and make the recommendations goes back to your question. The rallies commission are alleged to have said to the council not to run rallying in 2020. It's the council make the final decision. They decide. Okay, so speaking of the council, uh, next question. How many people on the council have been there over five years? Oh, quite a lot, I would say. Um, It would be one of the things involved in the no confidence was the structure of that council. That was the main um, reason for the vote of no confidence was the structure of governance. And that being the structure, Unfortunately, it only has, out of the 18, it only has three people elected by the clubs and um, the other 16, 18, 16, the other 15 are appointed directly by the president. So that is the way that is made up. It's not ideal in my view. I think once you have a system where there's only three people elected and everybody else is appointed, it will always create friction. Um, I know it was said to me recently that there was a way forward document back 10 years ago, which offered six elected positions to the council and it was turned down, but actually looked at that document recently. And yes, it was one part of, 30 or 40 pages of stuff that was turned down for whatever reason at the time. But yeah, I think once you have so little people elected, um, there's always going to be um, concern. All right, next one. How are people getting on uh, taking rally cars to the UK for events with the whole (laughs) Carney issue in regards to sports? Uh, The Carney issue. So the Carney issue is... um, and we've a lot of us would have heard it before from people in the UK going to 
overseas where you'd have to give and I, I stand to be corrected here now. Uh, I think is it forty percent of the value of what you're carrying. So if you have a, a, a car, a shuttle, a truck, and a I was going to say a chase car, or let's call them a, a management car. If you've all them, forty percent of that could be a considerable amount. Um, but the way, and this is my understanding now from information that I would have got on this previously. In here, if we want to go to the UK, you have two options. Number one, drive to Belfast and cross. There'll be no questions asked. If you're living very far down south, uh, you would contact your customs. Uh, you would make an oral declaration for freight. Um, you would state uh, which event you were going to and what you have traveling and its value. Um, they will then get you uh, a pre-boarding notification ID number, a PBN number. And on return, then you can check that PBN number online. And um, it'll tell you whether your PBN, that number allocated to you, is allowed to be passed through customs when you go back in Ireland or if you have to be pulled in to be checked. But either way, you can check it. And I actually have, um, one second here now, I have a correspondence here on the phone that I received recently actually about this. I'll just read it out. I'm not going to say the, the, the name of the person. I don't think it's fair that's, um, that wrote this, but it is someone in authority within the um, Customs and Excise. So I'll, I'll read it quickly. Um, the, skip that. The, camper and race, the campers and race, car, race cars can be exported and then re-imported by oral declaration. Prior to boarding the ferrier, the haulier company must email customs at revenue.ie, customs PBN at revenue.ie, and request a PBN ID number for the movement of, of camper race cars, etc., that will be leaving to go to the UK and later returning back to Ireland. Your, your email should include the following details the name of the company exporting the camper cars, etc., uh, the camper and all other vehicle registration details, a summary of the rally car in and the estimated value details of the duration of the stay in the uk and details of the return uh, journey where available where details on the return journey are known at the time of export information should be provided in that case a pbn id can be requested for the return journey also copy of the details should accompany the goods for inspection um, and you and you literally um, forward these details in advance to customs pbn at revenue.ie so you literally get onto customs pbn pre-board pre-boarding notification customs pbn at revenue.ie tell them what you're bringing tell them what it's worth and on you go just like okay that. just a, a couple of more to get through before we uh, finish up we, we kind of have touched on some of these i think but i'll ask it anyway why is there so much unrest in recent times i think we might have touched on that a little bit but um, yeah, I think we pretty much covered it. it was uh, we 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 said it may have gone back to Birmingham when it started. I think you. Yeah, yeah, we we have we have, we have done that. So, yeah. Um, what was the last one then? Okay, yeah. What was the reason behind the vote of no confidence of the eleven clubs recently? Uh, again, I, I I alluded to it very slightly earlier. There, um, it was just the governance of Motorsport Ireland and and its structures. That's what the vote no conference was. It was taken by, I'm not sure, was it nine or 11 clubs? Uh, all based in the southern region, plus one in the in the eastern seaboard. 
and uh, yeah, and after they voted, um, and it goes back to the three elected people and the the the, the fifteen unelected. That's where it all stemmed from, and uh, unfortunately, as of yet, anyway, that hasn't been addressed. But sure, that in itself, even if it was changed, would take many many years to change it over because you'll bring in people you'll bring in maybe four elected this year and five next year and just on a rotation style basis so it's even if it was implemented it's something that would take several years to to get us um running smoothly anyway so well anthony uh we've covered as much as we can i think in this time um i apologize to anyone whose questions we we didn't get to but look um the aim for the podcast is to have it in around the hour mark where or possible ex apart from exceptional kind of circumstances but uh by and large we are always aiming for the hour because we're conscious of people that don't have the time to be driving to Donegal and back to listen to a podcast or maybe uh sitting down and looking at something to lend to the titanic although you know uh, Titan titanic is a good film and Donegal is a nice place to go to so anyway that's that's the aim we're gonna have to leave it at that um but just before i do finish up anthony um we kind of have addressed a lot of hate and, and negativity for you and your opinion um what's what's the plan in order to solve all this i suppose and go forward in a, a clear and positive manner because ultimately the whole point of addressing these things is to try and take it on board and provide a little bit of a solution or a little bit of clarity but what does it actually need for that change to occur in your opinion and it could be a very long-winded answer but Let's get that no, before we finish up. Well, I suppose, look, we've, I, I've mentioned it already. And everybody may have a different answer to this. I would have thought by if it's the Motorsport Ireland Council control the sport, you need more than three elected people in there. You need to uh, address the balance a little bit there. Um, and as regards going forward, I'm going to Cork. Looking forward to it. It's been a couple of years since we were out. And... Uh, I think, to be fair to the president and the council in general and the IMF, I think they know the feelings of people in general. Um, all you can do now is, you know, let's see how they get on. They have a lot of positive things that came in last, um, they were announced last, last Saturday, which anybody can get from their own clubs. I'm not going to get into them here, but there's some very positive aspects, including the, the Dunny Kelly thing. Um, I'll mention one of them, actually. There'll be a convention every year as well. Um, but there's lots of little bits and pieces that they're going to try and do improvements on. And sure, look, it's like everything. Let's give them the, give them a room and let's see how it works out. And let's look at it again next year and see how we how we were getting on. So yeah, see see what the crack is as you. But yeah, I think there's just plenty of scope for improvement, obviously, and lots of uh, things to be optimistic and and positive about. Uh, I just hope maybe in twelve months' time that me and you are. On this podcast talking about things that are you know very much fruitful and um i think that's the the sentiment that everyone would want in this situation just to have things very positive going to have rallies and everyone is uh it's all rosy in the garden i suppose as the fellow said you'll always have a few people giving out but uh if you can get the majority on board you're not going too bad but yeah just to mention uh you can follow us there as you can see on the banner uh on social media at irish rally pod and the podcast, as you would have saw on the previous banner, is brought to you in association with Pact, a simply automatic choice for automation equipment and trading, of course, in Ireland North and South. Yeah, for more, visit nal.ie forward slash products. Anthony Nestor, it's been 
A pleasure as always having a chat with you. It's not always easy to have a chat and, and say, I suppose, it's a pleasure talking to you when circumstances are not always the most positive. But I do feel there's two people here anyway that would love to see things going forward in a, a fruitful manner as we've addressed it. Um, so uh, hopefully that's the case. I thank you for your time. I thank You're you for putting welcome. your neck up on the chopping block, chopping block, I should say, yeah, because not fun. many people would. Um, and I think from my point of view, it's important that um, someone like yourself comes on because you've seen it kind of from from every angle of life and uh you're kind of like myself in that there's no bullshit it's just out there and that's it yeah but and, like um, anything, i'm i'm still learning too you know everybody every day is a school day really like and look we'll just get on with it now and we'll see how it goes um i'm just looking forward to getting back in a car in a couple of weeks so cool man uh, so you're going thinking. just just lastly you're doing court then are you confirming that exclusively <laughs> exclusively here on the early podcast I was before I came on this. I was checking to see was the online entry system available, Go and on. it's not there yet. So I'll check it now once we're finished here again. I want to get the entry in and get it done. So. Are you going to tell us who you're sitting with? I'm sitting with Owen Murphy from Bell and Colleague in the R5 Fiesta. Plenty of success alongside Owen in the past. Yeah, we've had some good fun. Yeah, and it's the old story. If you enjoy it, it's the, you know it's half the battle. We enjoy it and we have great fun. So and that's what it's all about. Do you feel any differently getting into a car now as co-driver as what you would have done 20, 30 years ago? Is it the same buzz? Are you relaxed more? Are you more uptight? Like, uh, even no, after all I'm these pretty, years? No, you'll be pretty relaxed, yeah. It's Good man. Relaxed. Yeah, as relaxed I as you are now doing I, this podcast. <laughs> I, I I would actually, yeah. I, I'm actually, when I'm in the car, even though I come across rather aggressively at times, but different driver has different um, likes or dislikes in that department. But yeah, I am extremely relaxed. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. It'll just, I find it a lovely way to relax on a Sunday. That sounds nuts, I know. 120 mile an hour, 130 mile an hour going out straight. A lovely way to relax. You don't feel it. <laughs> you know, some lads like, uh, some lads sit down and maybe read a book to relax or maybe yeah. close their eyes and have a nap. But 130 mile an hour down a, a bog road now is. <laughs> <laughs> it's I quite a way to unwind maybe so if you were to analyze it like that i suppose you'd never get into the car but i yeah. think you, with the modern car certainly you feel so safe inside them um yeah i just find it relaxing i suppose everybody is different really um yeah i just sit back relax and and you enjoy it a lot more i know when we were younger you'd be very tense and you were tense before the rally and you were anxious and you need a bit of tenseness as well really um just to focus your mind a little at times. But yeah, I find it relaxing. Good stuff. Well, listen, if I'm not talking to you before, then the very best luck and the very best luck to everyone running the car 20 as well, we should say. Uh, it's great to have that coming up. And also, um, we, we probably, we may or may not have another episode in between now and a couple of weeks time, but uh, Carla Car Club are running a, a sprint as well. Uh, a sprint. <laughs> and people yeah. know what I mean by that. Uh, which is uh, I know myself yeah it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah and it's I wish them the very concept. best luck with that it's, it's a good concept what they're doing it, it was done it's something similar from what I understand to what went on in Stradbury and that was a fantastic yeah. success that was a, a lovely day out yeah within the, the regulations too in fairness so absolutely um, yeah yeah, so the very best luck to everyone involved. Um, yeah, we've uh, plenty more great content coming your way over the next couple of weeks. So do keep in touch. And Anthony, again, thanks a million. All right. You're very welcome.